0: chatting like for the last two weeks not only you but you and the traders that you, you, you follow and you know of they were having trouble trading this market too like a lot of them were getting like just smoked yeah. it seems
1: like it's the day one plays because like like i don't have like you know we've said a million times i don't have a, a like a locate uh, broker here in ontario so right. all those like all those day one plays that everybody gets excited about you know you get the stocks that are like five million float or whatever they gap up 50 percent Everybody wants to short them, but you need locates for those, right? So all the stuff I play is the stuff from yesterday. So like I'm looking at whatever happened yesterday, I'm trying to I'm trying to short them the following day. So nobody's really paying attention to them. So I can always get shares. But it's all the like the day like once you get to that level where you have so much you're, you have so much money you're playing with, you, you I mean you can still play the ones that I play, but you're not really gonna have the kind of volume that you need to. Like if you're trading, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 shares. Like I just said, I mean, if I'm trading, you know, the, the three minute candles are trading a hundred thousand shares, like you just, you can't play that because there's just not enough volume for you. So like all these, all those kind of guys, they trade the the day one plays because then you're getting like a million, you know, a million or more shares traded on the three minute candles so they can actually get their liquidity. But uh, right. seems like all last week, like everything was just like going to the moon. It was probably because last and they announced the, the stimulus again, right? So there's just like crazy, stupid buying pressure. Like that, like the one guy I follow said he lost, he lost like a, his max loss. He has set in his broker's a hundred grand. He lost a
0: hundred grand six days in a row. And like he does oh, well. Like, right?
1: Yeah. He very rarely takes losses and he lost a hundred grand for six days in a row.
0: Was that the guy you showed me? Like the la- that it was like the final day. He said, I'm down like 142 grand. I'm going to take a few days off or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did it for like a week and then he's like, okay, I think I need to take a breather. Yeah. It's That's crazy not- how that happens.
1: Yeah, that's what you gotta be. You just gotta be really quick. Like, I remember I showed you that. Uh, I can't remember the ticker, but I showed you the two charts, right? The way the two different guys played it on that day one play. The one guy, it was like it was like a pre market setup. So, if like this is kind of your range, you know, the stock opens at the bottom, he shorted up into the the pre market high, and then as soon as it broke, he covered immediately. And it was like five bucks or something, and then it went up to nine bucks, and then he reshorted it and made you know three or four bucks on the way down. Where the other guy just shorted into the high and then just held it. And it went all the way up to the top, and then he covered at the very, very top. So it's just yeah. Anytime you get into those day one like momentum plays where everybody's super excited about it, like rule of thumb is if it if it goes to new highs like new pre market highs, you have to get out because you, you have no idea how high it's going to go.
0: So at that time frame, you guys are playing like you. You're, I guess you're not. Are you setting stops, or is he just kind of watching price action if it's and you're, just, and you're getting out manually? It depends. Like
1: uh, like like I I set stops like before I get into the plays like I have all my orders out like before the market even open like I just I have all my you know I'll have like four or five different shots of however many shares that I want to short into a range and then I'll have all my covers for each one of those at the same spot and then I'll have or sorry all my, my stop loss at the same spot and then I'll have covers all the way down at different levels as well for each one of those so if it's you know if it's like 200 shares or 300 shares or whatever it'll be like you know 300 300 300 all the way up and then I'll have my stop loss will all be at the same spot and then for each one of those entries I'll have a cover attached to it as well on the way down. Um, but if you're playing like like those day one movers where you just get those like big spikes, a lot of them happen, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, stock comes out of nowhere, goes up like 50%, then it's kind of tricky to do that, I think. Um, I haven't played those ones very much because I like just can't get shares, but I think you more so just have to like stop yourself out. Like that's why I have like the, the one hotkey I have is my my shift C, which I have set to to close the order and cancel all open orders, which is like my right. stop loss at market, right? So if, if anything ever does happen like that, I could just hit that really quick and it immediately just executes the order, so. And I know a lot of the other guys do that as well, like they only, they a lot of them don't really use hotkeys, they'll just have a hotkey for for their stop loss, right? Because it's, it's tough when you're playing them, they're moving that quick to try and enter a stop loss, like, yeah. you, might, you might have to wait for the market to open, right? And You're watching it, watching it, and then, if it just tanks, then maybe you want to start shorting on the tank because it's broken a key level, or it might rip up, right? So you can't you can't really enter orders like prematurely on those as well. So it it is tough to actually like enter a hard stop. So you just have to. I mean, it just comes down to sticking to your rules. And if it breaks your level, you just got to get out.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how there's so many different styles. Because I I see that's too hectic for me. I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to be there. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I mean,
1: as long as like. It's, it's, it's a lot less stressful. Like before I was using like that, that one specific hotkey, it was a lot more stressful because then I'd like, I'd have to like, you know, the thing would break my level and I'd really quickly like have to set market. And then I'd like click my number of shares, but like on interactive brokers, I can't remember the order, but it's like, if you click your number of shares, if it's like a thousand share position and then you hit, you know, buy to cover, then it'll reset itself to like your default 500 shares or whatever. And then you have to click it again. Like, you know, you can just fumble yourself up. So sometimes like I've done that where I, I think I've covered the whole thing and then I'm looking, I'm like, wait, why am I still losing money? And then it's like, cause I still have half my position in the thing. So oh, oh, that was stressful. once I, uh, once I set up that hotkey, so I know I can just, I can just hit that and it's it, instantaneously I'm out of the position. It's, it's not really that stressful anymore. Cause I mean, even if you're, you know, even on those ones, you're risking high a day. So if, you know, if you're a dollar below the highs and you're going to put, you know, however many shares on, if you want to risk a thousand bucks, then you short a thousand shares, and then you cover it if it breaks the highs, then you know what your loss is already.
0: So it shouldn't be stressful. Like you should still know that before you go into it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I might try it one day because I, I I do I I keep saying I envy the fact you you can play like for fifteen minutes and that's like your day like that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice.
0: Like it's a time that can watch. They so can watch them. <clears throat> I wonder though, what what do you think makes the uh, the price spike up so quickly? Like, you think there's a bunch of market executes? You know, somebody somebody set up like a night before, just wait, you know? No, I
1: think it's just it's just hype. Like, because they're so low float. Like, a lot of those ones are, you know, they're under 10 million shares, right? So if you're you're looking at pre market, like on the three minute chart, like sometimes pre market, you're getting like half a million, a million shares traded per candle. Like, there's just there's just so much attention on it that, you know. All these people are just really excited about it. And, like, again, like if you get, a, you get a low float, like junky stock like that, most of the guys that are playing it are, you know, they don't know what they're doing. So, if it, if it, if it, you know, spikes up a little bit, everybody's just going to buy and they're going to chase mm-hmm. because they don't, like, they don't know, right? They don't know risk or anything. So, they're just buying it as it keeps spiking. And then at the same time, all these guys who are the pros who are putting those like 30, 40,000 share short positions, as soon as it does break those highs, then they're covering hundreds and hundreds, if not millions, of shares into that spike, which
0: pushes it even higher, right? So that's why you right, get those. Makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's just about who's playing it, right? Like it's not like it's like an investment stock. Like you gotta you gotta remember that mo- most of the people playing like the low float stocks are, are uneducated people.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sucks that there's like uh, there's platforms like that where they, they just I, I think I mentioned it before, like I was reading they, there's a platform where they calculate, they don't even calculate how much money they can make per client. They only calculate how much, how long the client stays with the platform because they're like average, you, they, they lose about, they go bust about six months from now. So oh, they, yeah, so, yeah so, the, so they know like once we get this guy, we, we only got him for six months. So you got to milk this guy for as much as possible.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's such a crazy business, eh? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. That's like the way it always goes. Like if you listen to anybody, it's like Everybody loses their first account really quick, and then the time frame to lose your account just grows. Like it was like me. Like I blew my first account in like a month, and then it took me out five months to blow my second account, and then it was like ten months to blow my third account, and then my fourth account just kind of like weathered the storm and then made it all the way back through.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I think my first account might have lasted like three months, but it was only because I was playing a bull market and I was only like I was mostly long and not short. So like even if I fuck up, I can just kind of wait it out. <laughs> Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: I was I was still all along, but the problem was, is I was like everybody else where I was looking at, you know, like, oh, look at all these stocks going up 200%. I can quit my job next week, right? Like that was my mindset, so I was buying all the junk stuff. So if it went down, it just went down and it was gone.
0: Oh <laughs> man, that's brutal. Yeah. That's, that's brutal. what
1: everybody does. I think that's what I think that's what gets most people interested in stocks is is the small caps because they you know they see all these crazy runners like gme alone probably got hundreds of thousands of people to start trading because <laughs> everybody hears
0: about it they're like oh my god i can make how much money in two days yeah it's happening in the uh, the crypto market too they call it alt season so yeah. basically bitcoin leads the way it'll it'll do like a rally like like it's doing right now and it'll let's say it rallies to like 75k and it kind of settles around there When Bitcoin settles, what happens is the altcoins start pumping. Like people will just go out of their way, see which one's the most low float, like a 10 cent piece of shit. And they'll just like pour money in it and it'll do like a 5X and they're like, yeah. (laughs) Like they don't care what the project is. They don't read anything into it. They're just like, wow, look at this piece of turd. It's like no one's buying it. I'm going to put some money in there. And they they spread it out. They'll put in like 20 different things and just wait for one to hit.
1: Yeah. That's
0: that's risky though, because like none of them get hit, right?
1: It's, like it's so risky it seems like like that that is that to me is just complete gambling because like you know what if you spread your money out through 20 stocks one of them goes up 500 percent
0: but you've still lost overall because the other 19 have crashed on you right see that's the thing so uh, there's a there's a couple of good traders on twitter that do only crypto so the good ones like they'll do that but but they'll make money because they know when to exit and they'll know kind of how to identify which ones are about to pop yeah. But people who that follow them don't realize that's what they're doing. They just see like, oh, they're buying a shit coin. Let me buy the same shit coin, and then, yeah, yeah maybe it'll pop, but they don't know to exit after it did like a three x or five x. They'll write that shit back down.
1: Right, right.
0: I never understood that. Like that—that's never been the way. Even when I didn't know anything,
1: like I was always selling quick, man. Like I never, I never held on because I was like, oh man, I made. Like I knew I didn't know what I was doing, so as soon as I had money, I was taking it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a better attitude like because uh if you if you look at the the crypto twitter it's like it's full of vitriol like so there was this coin recently uh ada it went from like uh outside of a top 10 coin to like a top five went from like 15 cents to like a buck in like three months right Mm -hmm. during that run-up everyone's like ada this ada that yeah support the project and now it took like a 20 cent dip and people are like fuck you charles like he's the he's the ceo right he's like fuck you charles you've made us promises and it delayed and you're costing me money (laughs) And it's like (laughs) I'm like this thing was worth two cents last March and it's over a dollar one year later and you guys are bitching at this guy yeah
1: well I mean the the thing is too like you know you gotta gotta look at it realistically I mean if a stock's under 10 bucks a share I mean most of the time it's probably garbage to begin with (laughs) because if it's that cheap I mean it's probably you know I mean you know granted some companies that go through hard times or whatever some companies are growing but I mean, out of the thousand quote unquote growing companies that are under 10 bucks, there's you know, maybe 20 of them are actually going to be half decent companies. The rest of them are all just garbage. That's why they're yeah. so
0: cheap. Yeah, probably even less than 20. I mean, yeah. I, remember that company, uh, The Score? It was a Can- the Canadian company. They do like sports betting and stuff. Okay. They went from like under a dollar to $5 recently because they're trying to get listed into the US. And in order to get listed in the U.S., they had to do a reverse stock split where it's uh, five for one. So every five shares become one just to get high enough of a dollar value per share to get listed in the States. Right. Yeah, so companies, uh, companies
1: like desperately do that when their stock price keeps falling. They just reverse split, reverse split all over and over and over to try and stay on the NASDAQ.
0: Yeah, so like I think that's a great point. Like people got to realize, like just because you see like a stock is like five ten dollars, you think affordable, but it's not a consumer good. This is not affordable. No. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like those are the ones. Those are the ones where you want to play. You want to play the patterns. You want to play the momentum. They're not the ones that you want to invest in necessarily. I
0: mean, some of them are, but they're yeah. very few and far between. And I notice it's like super deceptive too. Like those, like let's say you're paying like a five dollar uh, stock. If it goes up 10 cents, it's pretty significant move. If it goes up 50 mm. cents, it's really big move. You know, it's 50, It's what, 10%, right? Yeah. And then, and then so like, but then you see Tesla go up 50, 50 cents or like even 50 bucks and you're just like, eh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's, like, the, like,
1: it's the volatility with it too, right? Like, I mean, it's, you know, if you look at a one dollar stock, like it's not unheard of for a one dollar stock to go to eight bucks in half a day. I've seen it hundreds of times, right? <laughs> but you know, for a for hundred dollar stock to go to eight hundred dollars in, in four hours is pretty much not gonna happen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's like that's that's the attraction, right? Is everybody's looking at it and saying, Oh, you know, I only have a thousand bucks in my account, I could buy a thousand shares of this thing, and if it goes up, you know, five bucks, then I make five thousand dollars. But if I put you know a thousand bucks into apple then maybe a year and a half from now i'll have three
0: hundred dollars
1: <laughs> so
0: i wonder though you think that's a good thing for the health of the stock market because like uh you know so so one thing that apple's been smart about throughout its entire history was that they'll always do a stock split like a seven for one three for one they always try to keep the price around the one two hundred dollar range to make it accessible right yeah, and then yeah. you look at something like amazon and google they're like in the three to three thousands and right. the problem is like if, if you were just like starting out investor, you're just gonna put three thousand bucks U.S. in one one share. Yeah, by one share, yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't know if that's healthy though. Yeah.
1: Well, even uh, even like Sherwin Sherwin Williams is uh, it's like a paint company, and yeah. um, like uh, my sister has a bunch of shares in that, and she was saying like they're doing a reverse split now because their stock price has gone up like it's like seven hundred fifty bucks or something now. And, um, like she's had it since it was like 400, but they're doing, I think, a four for one reverse or sorry, just like a normal split, four for yeah. one split pretty soon, bring the price down to like 200 or whatever. And that, that's the exact reason why they're doing it is trying to get more investors,
0: yeah. So, I wonder if, like, I wonder if it kills some of the. I, I wonder, like, are companies doing that, keeping their stock price expensive because they want to weed out certain holders? Like, if you can afford a bunch of shares of like two, three thousand bucks, you're probably going to, you're probably like a more educated investor. You might long-term holder kind of thing. Like for price yeah, stability. Me, and- me, yeah, to a degree. I mean, like,
1: yeah, like, I mean, I know, I, I do know a lot of people that like still day trade Apple and Amazon <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, it, you know, you get, you get to a point where your, your account's big enough. Like there, there's some day traders I know. And like, you know, they just have, they have multimillion dollar accounts and like, they just, they just day trade Apple and Amazon. like, you know, they do the same exactly. thing. They just look for patterns, but you know they're taking hundred share positions on a three thousand dollar stock, right? Yeah. So crazy. you can still do it. It's just like, but that that does have a degree to it because like all those guys started doing the small cap stuff. So they they worked their way up to that level where they're just they're putting so much money in the plays that they can't even trade small caps anymore because they'll just buy the whole stock.
0: <laughs> like they'll buy the whole company. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll move the market, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That guy Mattis. Do you know if he trades with um, leverage? Because he's doing like well, a main two main dollar trades a day. I don't think so. His account, like, I don't it's know. Just car uh, cash. Yeah, I don't know
1: how legit he is, but I know his, oh, uh, his his account now is like fourteen million or something like that. He started like last year with a fifty thousand dollar account. I don't know. It was like a challenge or something. I just figured out who he was like a few months ago. Yeah, but it's fun to watch. But like, it's I don't know. His trading style isn't for me. It's too much like. I don't call it gambling because obviously the guy makes money and he's way better than I am. But, like, you know, like he posts pretty regularly when he has, he's like, oh, you know, I was down half a million or 1 million today and ended up up, you know, half a million or 600,000. And I'm like, like, man, you know, like, and, and, and then I'll say his account's like 10 or 12 million. I'm like, like, so you're telling me you're down like, you know, 10% or 12% of your whole account in one trade and then you made it all back? I'm like, that's risky. That means you're only, like in a week, you could lose your whole thing. Like if you're trading like that, right? In a week, you could
0: blow ten million dollars. Yeah, it's not like the typical traders, right? They'll use like a one percent, five percent of their whole whole yeah. portfolio. This guy's using like basically the whole thing. Yeah, like I mean, like I, I like again, I, I know he's been trading like I
1: think for ten or fifteen years or something. So he's he obviously knows what he's doing. But like you know, everybody has a different personality. I just I couldn't do that like for me to for me to risk like you know 10 or 15 percent of my whole account on one single trade and then go in big enough on the very same day to try and make that all back and more like you could if you if you if you made two bad decisions like that you lose 25 percent of your account in one day which in that
0: case is like a few million dollars <laughs> yeah oh, so, do, you, do you know how he did last march when the market crashed like during that period No, I'm not sure. I know he posted a
1: little, he posted like a month or so, or not even a month, like maybe it was like a week ago or so. He said he started, I think last March with $50,000 in his account and he like worked it up to 14 million. But like, I listened to interviews from him from uh, like, you know, a few years ago and he was still full time. So he's been doing it for a while. I don't know if it was like a, like a challenge he wanted to do, like just to prove something to himself or whatever. But like he's been, I mean, he, he does well, he makes a lot of money. It just... To me, it just seems like it's really it's sketchy. Like unless you're, you know, taking a lot of that out, putting it into like actual savings or you know, real estate or something like that. Like it, the way he trades, he really is like a week away potentially from losing every single dollar in his account. Which, you know, I can't speak for it. Like I said, he makes a lot, hell of a lot more money than I do. But that's that's just that'd be too nerve wracking for me. Like I I always risk one percent of my account per trade. Like that's the most I'll risk. So like you know, if you have and like three percent on the whole day, that's that's pretty generic like rule of thumb for day trading. So like if you have, you know, if you have a if you have like a ten thousand dollar account, say you risk a hundred bucks a trade, and if you lose three times in a day, then you just stop and you wait for tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty pretty typical. Uh... Yeah,
1: that's that's the way that I trade. I just I only I only ever risk
0: one percent on on a single trade, and I'll, if I lose three percent in the
1: day, then I just stop.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, I'm, I've been like that too. Like, I, I noticed the larger my, my futures uh, portfolio gets, the, the smaller my my trade sizes get. Like, I'm so oh, yeah. risk really averse now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like I I basically, so when I saw so Binance, when I first started the account last September, I put in 200 bucks just to play. It was like my fourth account that I've blown up. So I'm only willing to put like 200 bucks in there to play around okay. with it, right? But I was using like uh, 10% of, of the portfolio and I was using 100X leverage. So then I was... Um, and it worked for a little bit. Like I went from 200 to 1,400 bucks within uh, maybe like six weeks. Okay. But then, as as my as my my wallet was getting bigger and bigger, like I realized my I stopped increasing the size of my uh, my trades. Like they were basically capped around like like right now I'm, I'm about five thousand or fifty contracts about five thousand dollars. Okay. So that's like that's like about average what I'm doing now. Like a hundred starts to make me makes me uh, nervous, even though it's a smaller percentage of my portfolio. Yeah. That's, that's
1: funny you say that. That's actually something I was talking to my wife about earlier this week is like to to think about, you know, that's, that's how I'm trying to start thinking of my trades now is more so in like a percentage basis. Because like, you know, as your account grows, I mean, you know, if you think you're, you know, you're risking a hundred bucks a trade, if you grow your account and, you know, you grow your account to a hundred thousand dollars, then you're risking a thousand dollars a trade. Like yeah. the, the number seems really big because like, you know, for you know, for anybody, if you lose a hundred bucks, I mean, it's like, ah, you know, okay, I lost a hundred bucks. It's, you know, you can't do that much with a hundred bucks, but like if your account grows and you're, you know, all of a sudden you're risking a thousand bucks and your max daily loss is 3000 bucks, then it's like, you lose 3000 bucks. It's like, fuck, you know, that's like my mortgage money or what, like it, it becomes like, it becomes like a, that was actually a lot of money kind of thing. But, but on the same token, you know, in listening to so many different traders, like so many people cap themselves because they can't, Separate themselves from thinking of the dollar as a dollar you really have to only think of it as a percentage of your account and The the guys I know that have become like exponentially successful That's that's a struggle that everybody goes through and a lot of people Like it seems like a lot of people really can't get past that like I've, I've followed guys who have been trading full-time for You know three years and three years ago when I was following them. They were averaging, you know 700 to a thousand bucks a day And then I kind of, you know, I stumble across them again now, three years later, and they're still making 700 to 1000 bucks a day, like never really taking losses, doing the same trades. And, you know, I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm like, man, this guy should be making like 10 grand a day by now, like, what's going on, right? But it's because they, like, they just struggle so much with with letting go of the actual monetary value of that money, right? Like, it's, it has to just be a percentage, because if you have, you know, if you have a million dollar account, and you're risking a hundred bucks a trade and, you know, you're, you're, you're just, you're just limiting yourself. I mean, if you're getting better and better and better and you're doing it full time and you can make those trades consistently over and over and over again, then it shouldn't be a big deal because you're making more than you're losing. Obviously, if you're doing it successfully, then, you know, why not still just keep risking 1%? Like, you know, if, you, if you've been successful for a whole year and you've grown your account from 10,000 to a hundred thousand dollars, then risking a thousand dollars is, it's not a big deal, you know, percentage wise, because you know, that you can make $3,000 the next day. Right. So what does it matter? Whereas if you're only risking a hundred bucks, it's like, you're just kind of slowly inching along, inching along, inching along. You don't get that, that exponential growth
0: curve. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's exactly where I'm at. Actually, actually it took me. So I think around December, I started to realize my, I was, I was doing 20 and 40 contract positions. Mm -hmm. So like 40 would be my max. And, and a- after we started this podcast, I had to actively push myself to get used to the 50 number. And right. now I'm plugging in the 50 number like almost at will. now. I just, you know, woke up this morning. I saw the, the, the trend line just automatically. I was like, all right, 50, let's go. And like knowing that 100 is my max. But it took me like almost three months, two and a half months to get past that barrier. And now I'm stuck at this 50 mark. I just, this 100 thing, I just can't get over it, man. Because yeah. when I think about it, I'm like 100 contracts is a $10,000 position. I'm just like, oof, that's a lot. Yeah. But the thing is, like I've you know, I've I've
1: used ten thousand dollar positions and I might still only be risking a hundred bucks because of how far I'm expecting the play to
0: move, right? So like the actual the dollar size of the position is somewhat irrelevant. It just depends on your risk, right? It does. And then Binance tells you like in the corner, like what your margin is, right? It used to be like zero point five, whatever, now it's like zero point two. Like that's my risk. (laughs) It's like it's just start slowly starting to shrink. I'm like, I have to break through this. I gotta I gotta figure out a way to break through this barrier. Because you're yeah, right, it is, it is handicapping me right now.
1: Yeah, and like that's, I, I was listening to a, an interview with a trader who's you know, he he worked his way up to making, you know, $10 million, $20 million, like average every year just day trading. And that was, that was like the bulk of the whole interview was, you know, the guy was asking him, like, why do you think you're so much more successful? Because everything you're telling me is what I've heard a lot of other people doing. And that's, that was what he stuck on. He just said, I just think that too many guys just get stuck on the money. They don't think of it as a percentage. Like you, you have to grow with your account. If you're, if you know what you're doing and you're growing your account, there's no reason that you should be that attached to the monetary value of the dollar because, you know, you, you don't want to be taking money out of your account all the time. Like most of these guys, they only take money out if they're like buying a house or something. Like other than that, it's, it stays in there and, you know, they'll take a couple bucks out for, for, you know, their mortgage or for, you know, dinner, like maybe they just pay themselves a few thousand bucks a month or whatever to for their living expenses, but all the money stays in the account because they want to keep growing with the account. Right. And like, you know, I see, I see some guys who have been trading for for 15 years and they still say like, you know, as soon as like I I have a $35,000 account and as soon as it gets to 50, I take out 15,000 and I just do that all the time. I never, I never go below, like I never go above that because then, I know, you know, and maybe it is a personality thing, but like they'll say, you know, I know me and I know if I have a hundred thousand dollars in my account, then if I get like underwater in a position, I'll know that I have all that other size to work with and I can just keep adding to it, try to bring it down. And then you get in a way worse situation. Right. So like there's, there's a lot of self-control that goes in, in that sense as well, because obviously, you know, if you do have like, you know, think you have a $10 million account, you're down a hundred thousand bucks or something like that. Like you still have a ton of money to play with, to try and and make that back right but as soon as you start doing that then you can lose everything (laughs) so you got to be you got to be you got to really really stick to your rules like that's that's something you got to be aware of but i mean this guy was talking and that that was the crux of the whole interview was he was saying that guys just can't they can't let go of the monetary value of the dollar and they just have to learn to grow with their position and he said he's like i never ever take money out of my account he's like if my account grows you know if my account grows a hundred thousand dollars. Then my risk on every trade increases by a thousand dollars like that's just how it goes
0: yeah it's it's funny how, how you got to rewire your brain to like to like this new to this new perspective to be able to trade correctly i remember yeah. like a few weeks ago because because you know how i trade the uh, the futures it, that settles in bitcoin right so my positions are contracts and then it's not a dollar value it's like percent it's like a point whatever value of a bitcoin right right and then the the futures has another option where you could play with usdt which is a stable coin so it gives you like the usd value of it so instead of okay. taking like a point whatever position of bitcoin you could literally say i'm putting i'm putting two thousand dollars here i'm gonna play that um and i played that for two weeks and i lost 1500 bucks really? just just because i couldn't rewire <laughs> my brain because i was already thinking like in bitcoin terms and then for some reason when it turned to dollar value terms it just fucked me right up yeah That's
1: it's funny you say that. Like I've like an example for that on my end is like usually the stocks I play like are I would say like at the highest I'll go is like maybe eight, eight bucks or something like that in a stock. Right now anyways. But it's it's kind of for the same reason. So like if I look at you know, if I look at like a three or four or five dollar stock, then like I don't have to think about it. I just know like okay, if I if I short here, here, here and I put my risk there, like that's gonna be about, you know, this many dollars lost because I just I just know what that is and I know like roughly what percentage moves they are. And I kind of know what the range is, but like, you know, once you get to like a, a 10 or a 12 or a $13 stock, then it doubles that. Right. So like where, where I'm so used to seeing like, you know, a 50% or a 50 cent pop, and then I short it now, all of a sudden that turns into a dollar pop. Right. And then even the range, like if I, have, if I have a line that I'm, I'm going to cut my loss at or something like that, you get a bigger range. So sometimes like it might wick through it a little bit further and stop you out right at the top. And it's it, it's a completely different feel but it's like it's the same setups so you just like I'm, I'm like really i'm slowly like working my way up in the dollars like i started at like the two dollars and you know they got like, really comfortable with those i kind of worked in the three dollars because you have you have to expand your range on the play right as as the yeah. price gets higher which is it seems really simple but like when you're playing stuff that that that's that quick you you can't think about it It just has to be natural
0: yeah i it's it screwed me up with my equities too because um because so I trade two. So two of my heaviest uh, portfolios is uh, Tesla and Xpeng, but their mm-hmm. stock prices are polar opposites. Like Tesla's like six, seven hundred dollar range and Xpeng is like 30, 40 bucks. Right. And like when I'm playing Tesla, like I'm when I'm setting buy and sell orders, they're like one hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars apart. And then Xpeng and because I've been playing Tesla for, for so long, when I'm setting orders for Xpeng, I'm not used to like a two dollar difference, like a thirty dollar stock. Two dollar difference is like, you know, seven, eight percent. Right. So I don't realize that I'm setting this too too high of a gap percentage-wise. Like I'm just still thinking in dollar value terms, and I missed this giant buy order the other day. It 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 pulled down to twenty five bucks. I was at twenty four. I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's like dollar. It's a dollar. But no, that dollar was a big difference. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine it was a five dollar stock and it pulled back a (laughs)
1: dollar. I know,
0: right? Like so, like it's crazy how you got to get over get over those mental things.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. that's why like that's why it's it's really tough on the day trading side of things because it happens so fast, right? Like you can't you can't be thinking about it. You gotta just you just gotta know by feel.
0: You gotta you gotta have a good idea how far it's gonna move. So, so you're looking at those your um, swing trades. Are you looking at it the same way? You like low dollar value stocks, or is it a different strategy?
1: Um, no, I'm I'm looking for stocks that are like ideally a little bit higher. Like I don't I don't really want anything like. I mean, if I see a really good setup, I'll look at something that's like, you know, two, three, four bucks a share. Cause like, again, like the, the stuff that I'm playing still, like I, I'm not looking for a great company. I'm looking for that move, right? I'm looking for the, the breakout, the momentum, the excitement, and then I'm out. So like all the the swings I'm looking for, are like, you know, one to six weeks kind of thing is, is the time frame I'm looking for. So I don't, the like company itself doesn't have to be that sound. It's just trying to capture that move. So I'm, I'm looking for the same kind of like general parameters, like, you know, low floats, uh, Low market caps, you know, like really good earnings, stuff like that. Um a lot of the yeah, opposite okay. stuff I look for for my short plays. Like I look for high institutional ownership, like if it has a higher short float, that's good. Stuff like that, right? Like kind of the opposite, because I want it to I want it to push up really high. How low of a market cap are you looking at for the swings? Like um, under a billion? Yeah, I think I have my I think I actually have my scanner. Yeah, I think I have it set for under a billion, but I'm like I like like I like ones that are around like two to five hundred million kind of thing.
0: That's Isn't kind that of where crazy I like. how how times changed. Like we're we're looking at companies under a billion, like because they're like nothing, they're like flies, right? Yeah. But I but just like 15, 10, 15 years ago, like a billion dollars was used to be a lot. It used to be like this mag imaginary number. You were a millionaire. There's a big deal. A billion was like this. Ooh, yeah. You know?
1: yeah, if you're a millionaire like twenty years ago, you were like you were like the shit. Yeah, <laughs> and now like. With- <laughs> Now it's like unless you're a millionaire, (laughs) you're not even you're not even considered in this society. I
0: know. It's like like I think as soon as Apple broke the one trillion dollar mark for market cap, just things just changed. It's like what? A trillion? That's like a freaking unicorn number. Like what Yeah. I know, it's crazy. It's just inflation though, right? Everything just keeps moving up. Like
1: twenty years from now, like, you know, a a small cap stock might be, you know, two to five billion market cap. Who knows? (laughs)
0: See, that worries me. This hyperinflation thing, we're going to be spending like, we're getting rid of coins completely. We're going to be spending, we're going to be pulling like $1,000 bills like we're ballers, but it's worth like 10 (laughs) bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's
1: That's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, I know. The, The money supply expansion thing really has me worried. I remember I was showing you the chart, like I really think we're going to have a big collapse like in the 2030s, early 2030s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough to tell right now. I got, I got
1: to learn so much more before I start doing all that investing stuff. But that's kind of why I'm, I'm still sticking in my, my realm of just trying to capture those momentum moves, even like now that I'm trying to start getting into swings and stuff.
0: Yeah, this so. week should be good, though, with the stimulus coming out. Yeah, they approved it like fully now, right? They approved it fully. Yeah, And I, I even heard some people got stimulus checks on Friday or last Thursday or Friday. So I don't know if it's from the last batch, the 800 million batch or 800 billion batch, but people are still getting checks. That's why everything was spiking up and running all the short guys over. <laughs> oh, I know. And like, straight into
1: the small caps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's right. They could, you could buy like 800 shares. Yeah, exactly. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the on-chain data for Bitcoin. I'm like, I'm looking at them like, so, because you could, you could see the accounts with like, that are holding lots of Bitcoin, like hundreds, thousands, whatever, right?
1: Right. And
0: none of those are moving. Some of them are selling. It's the ones holding 0.01 Bitcoin, which is like 500 bucks. Like 500 to like $5,000 guys are like buying, just buying it up. And I'm like, you guys are spending your stimulus checks. (laughs) (laughs) So funny, man. I love the world. It's hilarious. Well, somebody somebody posted up a meme not too long ago. They're like, last year, if you got your stimulus, I forgot what was it in June or May. Bitcoin was like 8K, 9K if you okay. put your thousand dollars in bitcoin back then you'd have like five grand or ten grand or whatever it is now i'm just like
1: yeah oh.
0: so ridiculous. what is what a sales
1: pitch i know i know whatever, i've been in it for a while so if they want to keep buying it
0: up then i it's fine with me <laughs> right, right, i gotta say though right now is the danger zone um because yeah. because i do some historic um analysis i'm like i'm not the only one a lot of people do and they're like they're looking at the chart, and they're looking at these these wallets that have like the low amounts of Bitcoin, like the point ones and the ones or whatever. And right. they're like, when when those wallets reach um, peak, when when they reach a peak, and the old you know ten hundred thousand k wallets like are are dumping, that's when this whole thing's gonna flip. The bear market's gonna come because they're like, when when the little guys start buying, the mania at its peak, and then it's it's the yeah. moms and the grandmothers, and they're like, you need to watch out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same with anything, right? Like, we talked about that last week with the gold and stuff like that. As soon as everybody starts buying, I mean, you know, granted, everybody kind of is already buying, but I think this this last stimulus push here is probably going to be the big one that everybody just throws all their last couple bucks into it, and then, like you said, some of those big guys are going to start taking profits.
0: I think the big guys will start taking profits, but, like, I I watch the news now almost religiously to see what kind of propaganda is happening, Mm -hmm. and, like... As soon as Biden, I note, as soon as Biden got into the presidency, you hear them talk about how oh Americans need money, you know, kids got to go back to school. They just, they just created this narrative that there's a there's a giant need for these stimulus checks, and lo and behold, they send out these stimulus checks, right? Right. And then you would think, as soon as this thing's approved, the news would be like, okay, problem solved. Let's let's go forward with the economy. What's next? Now I'm starting to see like uh, news about how oh yeah, America have has an infrastructure problem. We we need we have roads that need fixing. We need this. We need that. And then I remember, like a few months ago, when they're talking about the 1.9 trillion stimulus, um, there, there were already uh, Biden was already talking about doing a three trillion dollar infrastructure stimulus for the summer. Hmm. So they're already teeing that one up. They're like, oh yeah, so people um, got the money they needed, but you know what? America needs money now too, <laughs> like our buildings yeah. and our roads and our highways, <laughs> and they're gonna, they're gonna give another three trillion. It's, it's almost a done deal. Ridiculous. It's just like
1: just. Keep the printers rolling, I guess.
0: (laughs) And the other thing is like um, the other thing that went under the radar this week was the the ECB, the uh, European Central Bank. They printed another one point three trillion.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. But this is the the thing that I learned uh, recently was that it's it's not accidental. They're doing these. They're doing this at the same time, because Uh if all currencies are tied to the U.S. dollar, right, in terms of value and the U.S. prints a bunch of money, then all these currencies get devalued, too. So they have to all print. So everybody has to print in coordination. So the money expands the same way. So the trading levels are still about the same.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Right. So like, so like, if you, if you think like the U S just printed another one, one trillion and that's how much money's in the supply, like, no, you have to kind of double that by the other countries in the world too. So yeah, yeah, the amount of money in the world is just getting crazy right now.
1: I guess if it all goes up equally, then all it does is just devalue the dollar overall. Yeah. yeah.
0: But everything, yeah. I mean,
1: like look at the housing market right now here in you know Ontario, like everything just gets more expensive, but money just, you know, you just get more money. <laughs> Basically, they just keep printing yeah. more money and then everything just gets more expensive.
0: Assets is the it's problem. I, I just saw an article yesterday, they're saying um, uh, homeowners had their net worth increased by something like 90% in the last 12 months, just from the yeah, value same. of the homes. But yeah, renters, you- renters net worth only went up like 20%. Oh yeah?
1: Yeah, we were, so, like we've been looking at houses because we just bought our we just bought another house, right? But we were we were looking for a while and um we got pretty lucky actually on ours, but like we were looking at houses around the area here and like recently there's been stuff, you know, for sale for 1.2 and it sells for 1.7 and like stuff for sale for, you know, 800 and it goes for 1.3, like it's it's insane. They're having like 30, 40 bids like on these houses, like it's it's it it's incredible how much these things are going up in value here. Like, we, we went to one. It was funny. We went to one, and it was, like, it was one of those ones where the pictures look, like, really, really nice. And then you get there, and it's just, like, oh, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> so, like, we go to this house, and we get there, and it's, like, it, like it, it was just, like, run down. Like, the guy had, like, gutted it, and it wasn't in the photos. So, like, the whole house was, like, falling over, basically. He, would like, ripped out half the inside and didn't put any of it back. So, we walk in. We're, like, what the hell? Look around, I was like, wow, they're gonna be lucky if they can even sell this thing, let alone get what they want for it. It went for, I think like 300 over asking. And like, it was like, literally the house was falling over. Like I'm an engineer, like we were looking at the foundation, (laughs) looking at the foundation, I'm like, this house is literally gonna fall over. And it went for 300 over asking. Like all the floors were like sloped in different directions and everything. I was like, holy shit.
0: So the buyers either got to rip it and build a new one or put in a lot of renovation money, eh? That's What I figured, but like, even by the same token, it's like
1: that you know, it wasn't like the spot wasn't even that fantastic. Like, we weren't even super thrilled about it, we were just kind of like, all right, let's go see it because we were just looking at houses to get a feel. It was like right on like Main Street stuff, too. So, it was like kind of a busy road, like not a huge lot or anything. And, um, and yeah, like, it, it still, if you're, if you're gonna rip it down, like they're spending two hundred thousand dollars over asking to rip it down and build a new one, like, that's insane. <laughs>
0: What's the area that you got into? Because so I, I want to get like you said, you got an acre, right? I want to I want to get something like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it on here because I don't want everyone knowing oh, where okay. I live. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah no, true, 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 true. No, that's true, true. Yeah, I like I, I like I like that you got like a whole acre because I really want to be fenced off and be kind of be by myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: happy to get out of the city and live in a nice little live in the country. Get my ATVs, snowmobiles, all that
0: good stuff. I know how how close is it? um... But, but you're like, you can get, but there's, it's accessible to the highway or there, you can get to like yeah. grocery stores. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's only like 10 minutes from downtown grocery stores and everything. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. that's nice. That's a sweet location. Yeah, man. Because I'm like, the way I'm looking at it right now, it's just speculation. But if we have the kind of frenzied price increases we, we have in right now, and everyone's trying to lock in these, you know, what, what, what's the mortgage now? Like 2%, 3%? I think it's gone be to 2 like 2.2, 2, I think they increased it to now. Okay. Yeah. So like a five years, two 2.2, 2.3. 2, 2. Yeah. And people are overextending themselves with the down payments. What happens in five years? Because there's well, no it's one. Funny. I, I asked our mortgage guy about that because I was
1: curious too. Because I was thinking like, okay, you know, like if like five years from now is like, is everybody just going to lose their homes? Right. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't know if they have this in the States, but like in Canada, they have a thing called like a stress test. Right. So Basically, what it is, I can't remember the exact number. It was like two or two and a half percent over what you can qualify for. So, like let's say, um, like let's say the mortgage rates, for argument's sake, right now are two percent, and you get qualified for a million dollar mortgage, then without the stress test, you'd be qualified for like a one point seven million dollar mortgage. So basically, you can get in, you can get into the housing market now at two percent, get a million dollar home. And then five years from now, if the mortgage rates go up to four and a half percent, you can still afford your house. Gotcha. So that's, cause, cause that, was, that was a big question I had. Cause I was like, is the market just gonna like tank in five years when everybody has to remortgage? And he said, no, they, they qualify you. Unless it goes over two and a half percent increase, then it won't like, everybody will be fine.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, So that means if people keep their jobs and the, sh- and the market should still be stable. So as long as it's, yeah. we're not in a in a in a deep recession kind of thing, then we should be okay.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So interesting. Okay, because I was kind of hoping like three to five years from now there'd be a little extra supply on the market there, <laughs> I could, you know, <laughs> pick something up.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I just don't know anymore. I'm just gonna buy shit and just assume it goes up eventually.
0: <laughs> I was uh, what's that? What's that beach um up way up north? It's like two hours drive up north. Um pebble beach whatever it is so- sobble beach sobble that's it yeah that's it yeah i was there, all there. Up there you know what i was driving up there and i was seeing signs you could just get it by like a plot of land for like a quarter minute i'm like ah, that's so tempting yeah just build your own house just go like full viking like live in the <laughs> woods cut some trees down i i just just get my solar roof you know a little bit of yeah. plumbing and like that's <laughs> it i'm good man
1: I'm just, good.
0: Live just live off the land with your tesla yeah exactly (laughs) exactly live off the land with my tesla my night vision yeah (laughs) that's the way to do it that's awesome brother you want to wrap it up here today yeah i think we're good cool cool awesome all right thanks guys thanks for watching and uh like and subscribe